You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered. Listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Annika Harshbarger. And I'm Cade Young. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Later in the program, we cover the latest Monroe County Personal Administration Committee and the Waste Reduction District Board. More in the top half of tonight's show. Also coming up in the next half hour, we have Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between the WFHB Local News and Lil Bub's Big Fund. But first, your local headlines. The Monroe County Personal Administration Committee met on February 6th. For the start of the new year, Council Member Jennifer Crosley was nominated for the chair position. She accepted the nomination and it passed unanimously. Health Department Lori Kelly shared that they received feedback from WIS on their job description edits. Um, so I think that um, we've had a discussion and the consensus is we would like to not move forward with the updated job description edits um, based upon the feedback provided from WIS. Um, and we are looking for some direction on the next path forward. Council Member Jeff McKim asked what the Health Department's goal is with the job description changes. Kelly responded. Um, While I do feel very strongly about the vital records division, um, I do feel based upon the duties, um, particularly the increased duties um, with opting into Health First Indiana, that those should be classified as a PAT level. Um, In addition, the registrar plays a vital role, um, and my consensus is that the position should really be classified as a manager. Um, If you compare that job description to For example, the population health and outreach manager, many of those duties are very similar. McKim said he would support moving the position from 35-hour positions to 40-hour positions. Board of Health Chair Steve Pichard shared that they have an increased workload and need more staff to handle the new Health First law. The new Health First law has put a tremendous amount of new workload on the department. Employees are still working at the same level that they always were in the same classification. But the amount of work, it has increased, not exponentially, but uh, to, to a great deal. We have over 221 reports, reporting criteria that we now have for this new law that we have to report to the state. That's a state issue, not necessarily locally, but it still is work that has to be done in the department. We're trying to retain people. And uh, as noted uh, in previous meetings and uh, in the media, we've had some turnover in the last year. Some of it needed to happen. Some of it didn't need to happen. Uh, But part of what has happened is when the job fails to get reclassified, the workload is increased, and the employee becomes discontent, discontented, and then they're looking for a new position. Um, so that's part of the genesis here of us 
we're looking for maybe some criteria on some of these job descriptions that would allow WIS to reclassify these jobs to a higher pay rate. And I understand exactly, I think I do understand that your point is that some, some of the duties have to change or maybe it's other responsibilities and uh, educational requirements. I, I mean, I get that. Uh, we're trying to find a way to compensate these people for the huge workload they're, they're doing. Or we can create some new positions to assist people in these areas. Uh, that's also a possibility. Maybe that's what you were going to suggest. Uh, but we need we need some guidance here. I mean, we're, we feel like Lori's putting in all this work trying to get jobs reclassified, trying to get people paid more. And then we get it all rejected. So that's basically wasted time. Uh, and we don't want to keep wasting your time and, and our time because our time is really precious as yours is. Uh, with all these new requirements. Um, so maybe you have suggestions for us. Councilmember Marty Hawk responded that WIS doesn't look at the amount of work, but they look for an increase in responsibilities. When Wes looks at something, they look at the responsibilities. It's not like the amount of work, right. because they just say, just hire more. You know, don't be paying overtime, don't be doing hire more people. That's how it's classified. And to get it changed, and if you believe there's a need for a change for that classification, mm -hmm. it really is going to have to be they are responsible for decision making or something of the sort. And you'll, you'll be able to review that. And believe me, I feel your pain. I've been through this with another department license for six months. I don't want you guys to have to go through that. Um, and so I'm open to suggestions. McKim agreed with Hawk saying that just because staff members have more work to do, it doesn't mean that they are doing more skilled labor necessarily. And I pretty much agree with everything that, uh, that Marty said on this, you know, that, that the classification of positions really is more about qualifications and independent scope of judgment and expertise rather than just amount of work. Uh, just right. simply increasing the volume doesn't by itself increase a classification. Now it does lend itself to an argument for a more hours. If, if you're on 35 hours and you can't get the work done because you've got more work, then that, that, that makes an easier argument for one to 40 hours. So that's, uh, and then also for additional positions to, um, you know, to, to take some of the workload off. So, you know, if the organization of your department, if, if, a, if a chief deputy, you know, elected officials have statutory chief deputies that kind of take some of the work off load off of the elected official. Other department heads don't have a statutory right to that, but you know that that may be an organizational form you wanna you wanna consider that would take some of the work off some of the other other positions. That's that's kind of, but you know, the with the county compensation system, comet in health department is the same as a comment in parks department is the same as a comment in assessment. We don't, uh, the assessor's office, we don't think, well, we really need to pay the health department comments more because they do a higher volume of work. That's just not the way that the system, I mean, there are other systems we could possibly adopt, but that's not the one we have. And it would require a radical restructuring of the entire county compensation system. Kelly pointed out that even if they do create new positions, they do not have enough office space to accommodate the positions. I think that one key point that is important to remember and discuss when we are talking about new positions is that I don't have room. 
I don't even have room for the two new positions that I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a, we have a physical space issue. So I can't even fill those positions because I don't have anywhere to put people. So kind of creating more additional positions is not going to help me because I don't have anywhere to put them. And there is a there is a thought of too many cooks in the kitchen, so to say, in some areas too, that then you have so many people kind of working on some of those. I mean, how do you divide up some of those things? And if I don't have anywhere to keep divisions working together, then that also causes, you know, fragmented workflows. Um, I don't, for, I, I'm really stuck right now with what I'm even going to do with these two new positions that I actually need. I need people filling those services and I don't have a physical location for them. Kelly also reiterated that the vital entry and register positions should be reclassified due to the fact that so much depends on the positions. I do feel very strongly with vital records with those job descriptions that um, I just must not have gotten the work in the descriptions that WIS needs to see to be able to see that high level of work that's being done. If I don't have that division, we are not open and serving the public, period. If I don't have my registrar, I can't balance the accounts. I can't write checks to put all of our income in the accounts that I need to. Um, we're not issuing certificates. I have to have that division. And they're not just data entry clerks. Crossley suggested that as a temporary solution, they should increase the hours to 40 hours per week and continue to collaborate to figure out more long-term solutions. I know it's not ideal of what you are wanting to have, um, but if there is a way to do something now where you can, we can get those hours increased from 35 to 40, I would say we could go for it um, and do so um, as soon as possible. I know that's not like, Everything that is wanted, but it could help with a lot of different things. And I get the whole idea of um, having comp time, having a flex time, and how that can affect office, and that also affects staff, which also affects what you can do. It's a trickle-down effect. I get that. I work in an office where that happens all the time. Um, so, yeah. So, that being said, I think um, this was a good conversation, and hopefully we can Go back to the drum board, um, work with the, your board and figure out how we can look at different things. Because I, I think we're all in support of trying to help you. But right now we just have to look at things as they come about. And as they come about, we can figure those out. The committee did not reach any final decisions on the matter, but will continue to work with the Board of Health to reorganize the health department staffing structure. The Monroe County Waste Reduction District Board met on February 8th. Board member Isabel Piedmont-Smith asked for an update from Controller Catherine Martin about a transfer of funds that occurred to pay back an unexpected amount due on the closure bond debt account. So my question is uh, is about the, um, the shortfall in the debt closure um, closure bond debt account that we discussed at our January 11th board meeting um, that uh, there was an unexpected amount due. I think it was 150000 And um, so we had to borrow from our operating funds to cover that payment. 
Could you give us an update on that, please, Ms. Martin? Um, the money was transferred. Um, so it's, you know, it was put into the, from the operating account into the bond debt account. And then there, we're doing an additional appropriation for that, for those funds. Specifically, is there any? Um, okay, so um, I had conferred with uh, Councillor McKim um, before the meeting that uh, on the County Council agenda for this coming Tuesday, there is um, the transfer of funds approving that transfer, interfund transfer. Correct. Um, and that was 18,000 approximately? Roughly. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, state that for the public that that interfund transfer is going for retroactive approval to County Council on Tuesday. And then later in the year when we have to make another bond payment, we'll have to request an additional appropriation. Is that correct? No, I think that should, I don't think we will have to do another appropriation for that. Executive Director for the Monroe County Solid Waste Management District, Tom McGlasson Jr., clarified that the county will not need an additional appropriation on this. So um, we, we actually, um, we will not need to seek an additional appropriation. Uh, what we're going for uh, on the 13th to the county council uh, is just approval of a fund-to-fund -fund transfer of those funds. Um, it's a, the, the, the shortfall is, is due to um, the, the tax disbursement in December being less uh, than what was anticipated. But the, but the budgeted expenditures for 2024 are accurate and we just need the money in the bank. We will not need an additional appropriation uh, to, to make the payments due in 2024. Okay, so we had enough money in the um, operating appropriated in the operating budget to cover that shortfall? Uh, we're, we're actually, we're just, we're transferring a cash reserve fund. So and that's what the county council is being asked to approve on Tuesday. Right, so I think council member Piedmont Smith was, was correct there that we already had, the, we had the budget, we already had the appropriation, you just needed the cash. Correct, yeah, it's, it's the, the, the appropriations are in the debt budget, not the operating budget. We just need we just needed to move the funds from the operating account into the debt account. All right, thank you for clarifying that. And the the overall um, uh, unpredicted shortfall was about eighteen thousand dollars. Is that right? Uh, the, the, no, the actual shortfall was a little over eight hundred eight thousand dollars. Uh, the the per, the reason for the eighteen thousand dollar transfer uh, was because the the, uh, the the type of checking account that that the debt fund money is in um, requires a minimum ten thousand dollar balance to not incur uh, unnecessary you know fees um, that we don't you know we don't want to incur so we're moving enough money to maintain that minimum operating balance. During department reports, Waste Reduction Specialist Kayla Strand provided a report on behalf of the administration department. No bills at this time that are um, specifically referencing the waste reduction 
district. It's all general. We have, um, right now we're working with uh, Circular Indiana for an event that will occur sometime in early May. Um, they're, we're still working out the details for that and they'll give us more details as we work. We're figuring that out with them. Um, Mr. McGlasson and I are scheduled to do a, um, an assessment of a green business to help further our program with the Illinois Green Business Program. Um, we're doing a shadow walk with them next week. Uh, and then we are continuing to do additional advertisement that is specific to the rebranding. And finally, Environmental Compliance Director Lee Paulson provided an update on the November groundwater testing, which he said has remained consistent compared to previous months. Just uh, the highlight I try to uh, tell you guys about is that um, we finally got all the statistics back from the November groundwater um, AE from AECOM. Uh, I submitted that uh, a couple days ago, uh, officially. Um, so that's all done. There was no, um, nothing that was out of line from previous, uh, sampling events. We had no new detections. Um, everything was within our winter normal. Um, so it was pretty, uh, uneventful, which is a good thing. So, um, Obviously, everybody kind of is aware of the rain and stuff like that after we had that bad frost. Uh, so uh, getting the treatment plan up and going. Um, we've had a couple technical things with a, a float was bad. Um, so we've had a couple things that have kind of uh, slowed us down getting going. Um, but we're uh, fully operational now and everything is going the way it needs to be going for uh, January, early February. Uh, even though it seems warm outside temperature-wise, that water is still very cold, um, which hinders the treatment process and the bugs aren't as effective to clean the water the way that they're supposed to. So we're not doing crazy amounts, but we're, we're operating, um, I think as of today, we're uh, over four cycles a day, which is pretty good, pre pretty good for this time of year. So um, we've been hauling a little bit, but not very much, but trying to make sure that we stay ahead of it in case we do get a rain event that uh, gets kind of rough. So um, we had a fair amount of adopter road cleanups uh, and a couple community members doing some stuff in between the cold sprint and uh, January. So we're, we're happy to see that. The Waste Reduction District Board of Directors will meet again for its regular session on March 14th. Up next, we have Lil Bub's Lil Show, a co-production between the WFHB Local News and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We turn to the segment right now on the WFHB Local News. Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare. On today's episode of Lil Bub's Little Show, 
we're bringing our focus back to the reason we started doing it in the first place. Recently, we hosted our celebratory weekend of all things Bub, and in that spirit, today's episode is dedicated to those companion animals most overlooked among us, special needs pets. While we talk about special needs pets often on this show, it's something we feel is so important to keep coming back to. Special needs pets are often the first euthanized and the most difficult to adopt, but their importance is something we can't emphasize enough. These incredible animals, like Bub herself, often face unique challenges, but they possess an abundance of love and resilience. Many of you already know Bub's story, but for those who don't, she was born with several genetic anomalies, including being the first cat in recorded history, to be born with osteopetrosis. Despite many challenges, Bub defied the odds and became an icon of hope and inspiration for millions of people worldwide. Her differences never held her back. Instead, they became her superpowers. Special needs pets come in all shapes, sizes, and species. From cats with mobility issues to dogs with hearing impairments, Each one has their own story to share with us. But why do special needs pets matter? Here at the Bub Fund, we believe all companion animals have value simply by existing. Beyond that, special needs pets teach us valuable lessons about empathy, compassion, and acceptance. By caring for these animals, we can learn to celebrate diversity in all its forms. Moreover, Special needs pets often face greater challenges in finding their forever homes. But when they do, we know the bond formed between human and animal is truly something transformative. What exactly makes a pet's special needs, you might ask? Well, it could be anything from a medical condition requiring daily medication to physical disabilities that necessitate extra care and attention. An important thing to remember is that these pets don't see themselves as special needs. They're just like any other companion animal, full of love, joy, and the desire to be loved and cared for in return. If you're looking for a new pet, consider adding a special needs pet to your home. And now, in the spirit of Bub, it's time to shine a spotlight on a special needs pet who's looking for their forever home. We've highlighted him before and can't believe he's still waiting for someone to bring him home. His name is Bubby, he's 15 years old, and this is what our shelter staff has to say about him. Bubby is an amazing, affectionate, gorgeous old man. He loves chin scratches and will drool the tiniest bit when he's really feeling them. His foster family is in love, and we know that you will be too. If you're looking for a senior guy who needs a warm bed to rest those weary bones, Bubby is your dude. He is diabetic and will need insulin and monitoring for this condition. If you're interested in giving Bubby the loving home he deserves, please reach out to our local Bloomington, Indiana shelter today. Remember, every pet deserves a chance at happiness, regardless of their abilities. Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB, produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, 
find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org. Support for the WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. listening to WFHB Local News. Today's headlines are written by Noel Herhusky Schneider and Kate Young in partnership with GATS Community Access Television Services. Lil Bub's Lil Show is produced by Christine Brackenoff and Stacy Brodowski. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. For WFHB, this is your engineer and executive producer, Cade Young. And I'm Monica Harshbarger. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters WFHB wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for more WFHB news programming coming up next. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer 